nice things. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-filled edition of Nice Things. Nice Things. The antidote to modern living. And joining me, Sir Michael Livesley, this week we have... My name is Paul Carmichael and I have dressed for summer, but unfortunately, therefore, I'm showing rather a lot of nip at the moment. Rather a lot of nip, eh? Rather a lot of uh, nip. Someone who might live next door to Richard Breers in ever-decreasing circles. The new sporty sort of rugby chap who moves into the neighbourhood. I don't might be I don't mind being compared to Peter Egan at all under these circumstances. So you come in and you sort of whip a tennis racket. That sort of thing. uh, What was his name? You need a jumper with the cuffs pushed together around your neck. I I do need that, but on the other hand, it's summer, so I can't do that. So unfortunately, I'm just stuck with this at the moment. But uh, it's not my sort of thing at all. It's actually incredibly uncomfortable. But too late now. Yes. But it might get the viewing figures up, mightn't it? You know, if we go, if we sex it up a bit, bit of a nip thing. Sex it up a bit. uh, Well, Netflix are doing that at the moment. Now I don't like Netflix. um, No. But. Somebody pointed out that there's something which, what was it called? Um, Tom and Pammy. Now then, Tom and Pammy. I thought this sounds rather nice. This sounds quite appealing. Maybe it's something set in the 1950s. It's not. It's no. not at all. No, this is about Pamela Anderson, the mm. non-actress from Baywatch, and a, and a rock star. And it's basically about them having sex. That's it. Yeah, well, they kind of, they um, foreshadowed the internet, didn't they, by the, the celebrity culture, by deliberately recording, deliberate, well, they made a porno, effectively, and the, and it was all great publicity because they said, oh, oh, someone's leaked our porno, we're devastated, and they'd done it. So they kind of, you know, they sort of preempted the internet age and the modern obsession with celebrity and the sex lives of celebrity. I, I, it's all very unsavoury. It is, isn't it? I think I'm going to give Tim Berners-Lee the credit for the internet over them, though, at the end of the day. Oh, I'm no, okay he to... invented the internet, but they sort of... Whoever, and probably they didn't come up with it, but but they sort of... That sort of sex tape thing is something now that every desperate Z-lister... It's sort of like in the sidebar of shame on the Daily mm. Mail, isn't it? You see that every week. Oh, raunchy snaps sort of revealed of of, of Kate Middleton or what? You know what I mean? It's just all rubbish, isn't it? You know, it is all horseshit. Dreck. We well, now this is something that uh, that made me quite cross earlier today. Actually, I was just b- busily scrolling on the phone, you know, uh, for no reason. Um, there's a story there, and the story is shock. Anton Deck cancels Saturday night takeaway. And I, good, was my first thought, good. And then I, so I opened the story thinking, good, let's hear about their careers um, being destroyed. And the whole story was basically to say that their Saturday night takeaway wasn't on last night because of the rugby and it's back on next week. That's Mm -hmm. a new story now. Yeah, but the the whole model for um, newspapers as such so their old business model, which was, you know, sort of like you had the chap strolling down to the shop in his uh, straw fedora uh, yes. on a morning like this, dressed like you might be. Uh, like actually. I would be, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, they sort of, you know, they pick up their morning paper, wave it at the the sort of the, the local characters, go home and uh, have it over maybe a croissant and uh, and some uh, maybe some Turkish coffee or something, and then they sit back and they read the paper. Right, that model's dead. Okay, so now it's an online model which um, works by via the generation of clicks. So that headline got you to click. Right, 
that click generates advertising revenue for them and then you realize hang on the story doesn't match the headline and that is modern journalism it's just clickbait no. But the you story think, seems to be think, on this occasion. The, the, st the story think, here is that the continuity announcer said, oh, next week we've got the rugby. So Saturday Night Takeaway is back in two weeks. Yes, I did click. Yes, I did. But Therefore, what they should do is that... No, no, they should count the clicks differently. Okay? I'm not clicking click. it. You're just no, no, no. You're just no, no, no. No, no. No, I'm not clicking it. My so that I can... special. It, it's different, isn't it? It's a different sort of a click Beyond because I'm clicking it. Not to the bot that just click. There's another click, right? That's point. Not, 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 not one of a cent for seeing that advert. Point. Not, 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 not one of a cent for seeing that advert. And that's the business model now. And so you've got clickbait journalism, whereby, and I think journalism's gone out the window because the how many stories do you look at now? It's like this headline does not match the content of the article. No, I, but I know it's not going to, but all I want to do is get it so that I can then find someone on Twitter who said, oh, have you seen this? And then I can say, no, you're wrong. Here's a link. Don't be stupid. That's not the same as being fooled into clicking it. And why the hell am I paying ah. anything in cents anyway? So this is strong arm in the execution of his duty, is it? It is. It shouldn't count in the same way. Uh, well, maybe they do have that sort of... Maybe they've got that built into their algorithm. It's like, oh, hang on a minute. No, this is an officer of the law who is merely researching in order to go and chase people on the internet who he'll never meet, have three followers, and he doesn't care whether live or die. And then, when he gets fed up with them like a cat with a dead mouse, he shall just sort of walk away and leave them seething for a few days. And probably yes. block them. Probably. No, mute them. Mute them's funnier. Mute them's funnier. Mute but them's talk funnier. of this hideous age that was begat by Pammy and Tommy, you know, putting the squelchy tape out there. Um, Common. You know, we had this week the passing of someone who embodies and typifies an entirely different um, set of values, I should think. Um, I think so. And, and also sort of, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's, it's a good exemplar of what's an age that's passing shall we say in the form of peter bowles who peter who bowles lost this week the most we did. exquisite of men oh wonderful well of course now we have discussed peter bowles in depth when we talked yeah. about survivors series one because peter bowles brilliantly turns up to lead the series terry nation survivors and they kill him off by halfway through yeah. episode one which is a brilliant move yeah. it's an absolutely superb move dramatically speaking peter bowles um to the manner born, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, which I, I never found funny. I still don't find funny. But as a kid when it was on, because I think I was about six, six or seven when it was on. Was it Richard uh, Devere, his character? Richard it? Devere, yeah, yeah. Or Mr. Pulu, Puluvitska, as his real name was, as I recall. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Or Mrs. Poo, as uh, Penelope Heath called his mom. Um, I didn't find it at all funny, but no, I wanted to funny. know why people did. Because the audience clearly did. And I think that because of that, I did develop a love for those sort of like BBC sitcoms, not butterflies, obviously, oh, but God. for a lot of those BBC sitcoms, which are nice, which are nice, like Don't Wait Up or Three Up, Two Down. You know, you can just relax with them. And the I think that to the man born... we, we had a time when, sorry to talk over you, but... no, oh, go on. We had a time when the BBC sort of they kind of crafted and 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 molded people that we were we wanted to invite into our homes and penelope keith 
you know, we'd been sort of primed with, what, three years of The Good Life? Yes. Now, Peter Balls is interesting because I think, like Penelope Keith, he could potentially be described as somebody who was a bit of a late developer. I think he was mm. about 43 when Man of Born came out. Now, when you see Peter Bowles turn up in The Prisoner and stuff like that, he's kind of round... He's got a round face with sort of like a puppy fat face, hasn't he? He has a no moustache either. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have that when he appears... I think he's in the very first um, episode of Callum playing Toby Mears, who Anthony Valentine took on. Um, so so he's in there, um, and again, he's got the, the puppy fat face and no moustache. Yeah. Um, but, but he grows presents, into it. Yeah, he does, absolutely. He does. He, he, he ages extremely well. Yeah, he gets mm. those cheekbones, doesn't he? And he loses the fat off his face. You know, mm. um, he grows the moustache, and he sort of becomes this, like very good-looking middle-aged bloke, really, who can mm. be the male lead in a show. And I think yeah. that, I think he's. it's just one of those things that some people do grow into their looks. And he, if you look at him in the 60s, he is Mr. Puppy Fat. And then he's uh, he's Richard DeVere. And he's totally well, he is with an, exquisite tailoring. Absolutely. And thinking about it, of course, uh, we were saying that Penelope Keith's just done these three years of the good life leading mm. up to it. Well, uh, Peter Bowles should have been there too. Yes, Peter I Bowles, yeah. yeah, Peter Bowles was offered the Paul Eddington role, yeah. but thought he had a scheduling clash and turned it down. Then it turned out he didn't. Did but, you read uh, about the other near misses that he had in his career? No, I didn't. Yes, so that was one of them. Another one was that um, he got his agent got a phone call from Marlon Brando's agent or summit in the mm. 70s. I can't remember the ins and outs of this one. Uh, saying, would he like to meet Mr. Brando? And da, 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 da. and his agent just said, oh, no, no, he's busy. <laughs> and so oh. um, there was that one. And then he was in, he describes the pub, I think it was in Fulham in London, where he'd ordered the, he'd ordered a, was it a ham it sandwich? A, a ham sandwich, yeah. yeah. And in comes Tarantino. <laughs> Tarantino. How the hell? What, what, what possible... You know, because Tarantino told him he was a fan of his work. So what did Tarantino do? Settle down to the Man of Bomb box set? Or what would he have known him from? Well, I mean, to the Man of Bomb certainly was shown widely on PBS stations in but America. Could you see him? PBS, all right. That puts a different spin on it. So we've Tarantino's got that. And of course, you've got all these... Yeah, and you've got so many Americans who seem to absolutely love those that TV at the time. Um, do you remember Mad Men? When when that mm. was on, setting the advertising agency, John Hamm, who's the lead in that, you will not see a more square-jawed American stereotype ever. The biggest fan of Monty Python's Flying Circus ever no, adores but I mean, I can that see series. Python, obviously, I can see Python, and because Python is so ubiquitous in America, you've got mm. Idle and Cleese who live out there. You know, I, yeah. I get that, but how the hell? You know, what of Peter Ball's oeuvre have you seen? You know, did Tarantino see? To tell Bowles he was a fan of his work, because I don't, I don't see Peter Bowles as telling fibs. Oh no, 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 no. Um, no, I, I think probably it is to the Man of Bourne. I think that's where we all got to know him as a lead, isn't it? Before that, like you say, he was the guest star who'd turn up and do an episode, die of plague, and that was it. So I think what, what you've got there, though, it's. Un- to the Man of Bourne has got that sort of upper-class British sort of side to it, which the Americans have always loved. So if you look at things like that, upstairs, downstairs, and these days, Downton Abbey, and they all play out on PBS, Are you being which served? is... Did that work in the US, didn't it? It did. It, yeah. it really, really Because you've got yeah. Peacock in there who's, who embodies it. 
Absolutely, yeah. So the PBS stations were showing all of this stuff distributed by Lionheart Enterprises, as I recall. So they were showing all of this material. So presumably that's where. But Tarantino, as you know, he's always very open about the fact that he, he hoovers up popular culture at the time. Tarantino, uh, a huge fan of one of my favourites, Dark Shadows, um, mm. talks about that quite a lot. And I, I can't help wishing that he'd got the film rights which he wanted rather than Tim Burton. Maybe we With wouldn't Peter have had Bowles it. With Peter Bowles in it. With Peter Bowles in it. No, I'm oh. Can you imagine? What a world. Well, I, I can. I can imagine. That would be lovely. Um, he, he was at RADA with Albert Finney. We've discussed that before. We have, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Finney uh, gave him that advice, didn't he? Which is just what was it? Just learn just the words. Learn, just, well, he said, "How do you? How do you? What is your approach to acting, Albert? You know, he's a young bloke as well. So mm. he says in his autobiography, which I must buy now. I mm. read the excerpts from it, which is where I know these these details we're discussing. I'll, I'll get a copy of that now, and so should you." Um, mm. He says in that he was very reverential to Albert because I mean, Albert Finney was like a god, wasn't he? From the moment. Yes. He sort of started. And um, oh, yeah. what's your approach to acting? You know, what method do you use? Which his reply was, I just learn the lines and I, I just learn the fucking lines and walk on. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. But I mean, Peter Bowles became like the, the, the sort of the quintessential English gentleman, didn't he, in the 80s? I mean, you had Lytton's Diary. Which was a sort of Nigel Dempster takeoff, didn't you? You've got that. You've the got Irish um, RM, the Irish RM. The Irish RM. There was another one which has just gone out of my head. Uh, that's annoying. Um, the one with Brian the Bounder. Was it the Bounder or was that Bounder, Nigel Havers? The Bounder that... was one with. Wasn't George Cole in that as well? Yes, he was. Yeah. Um, so you've got. You've suddenly got him finding his his role, I suppose, throughout in his the eighties. I'm guessing. In his 50s, yeah. But suddenly he finds those parts which couldn't now, if you look at them, they couldn't be played by anybody else apart from Bowles. No. They are no. perfectly crafted for him. Uh, and he became that stereotype and he played it absolutely perfectly. Um, yeah. He he's what with Brian Murray called Perfect Scoundrels in the wake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Was that him? I'm going to allow myself a little Google. Have a little here. Google. That does ring a bell. I yeah, think Brian Murray was did. someone you don't see anymore, but he was in the Irish RM with... Um, What's his name? Two con men, Brian Murray, Peter Bowles. Yeah, I thought so. There we go. So lovely. they worked together really well in the Irish RM, which is a lovely series. That it's isn't. That will be another PBS one, no doubt. But uh, well, that that's was the a sort Monday afternoon thing. Channel Four. They kind of had a sort of, you know, it was a little bit of an Irish slot on a Monday afternoon, you know. Um, yeah. So you had the Irish RM followed by um, they'd show it on a Friday in Ireland, and then they'd show it on a Monday on Channel Four, the Late Late Show with Gay Byrne. If you yes. remember, oh, so I that do. was sort of Mondays, and then they'd show um, an uh, an old country with Jack Argreaves. They kind of had a Monday like that, um, and as I never went into school on a Monday, what was the point? They repeated all on the Tuesday, of course. Um, <laughs> that Monday afternoon on Channel Four was was a very very cozy time. Mm. No, oh, absolutely. Presumably and we need Irish cozy. R- we need cozy. We need some more cozy time. Ta- I mean, the Irish RM doesn't strain to Catherine Cooks and territory, thankfully. Mm. Um, and it's got some amazing guest actors in it. And of course, it's just pap. I know it's just pap, um, but it's nice pap. And it, it sort of describes that lovely period where, just before World War One, I'm guessing, where mm. we hadn't been booted out of Ireland and no. stuff like that. 
Yeah. So no, it it, it does. It, it has a, a coziness to it. And I think that you're right. Unfortunately, we've got an awful lot of people who are slowly leaving the party who represent that coziness. It's interesting because um, what you said there now, about interviewing these people sort of in. Um, Frost had that wonderful um, quote, David Frost, um, television enables you to be entertained in your home by people you wouldn't want to have in your home. Which, that's <laughs> where we are now. I have Peter Bowles in my home. I, I oh, had a Peter Bowles dream um, last night, which was yeah. a strange, strange dream. So it must be based on that I've ordered a ham sandwich, I, I can't go anywhere sort of thing, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, in the dream, I went to a bar that's now uh, some donut shop or something as the whole of Lark Lane is becoming gentrified you're seeing all these sort of artisan donut sourdough sour donuts um, mm. stores no doubt um, popping up and uh, the bar Kipasa Cantina is now no more and he was in mm. there you know and I suppose first of all you've got a dead man in a dead bar in the dream mm. and yes. then it was like Peter it's all over the news that you're dead and he's like that it's like what it's on Twitter and Facebook and all. it's all over the internet you've died and he's like well I don't go on Twitter and Facebook there's nothing to do with me as, as you can see I'm very much alive so I was like right can I take a can I get a selfie with you know a photo with you um, so I could put it on the internet and show people you're not dead and he's like why would you want to do that you know and it's like no <laughs> anyway I talk him into letting me take a photo with him he's like alright if you must you know mm. so he's having this G&T and um, so the next thing I get my iPhone out and I'm turning it on and, and then it morphs into a you know those old Nokias what were they 3210s or something like that the old turns bricks into an old Nokia. yeah then the buttons start just falling apart on it, and then it turns to dust, and then I wake up. So it was kind of like this. Um, I took it to be symbolic of you know things that have passed. I think so. I, I think that, yes, that's exactly what it is. And it's strange, isn't it? Because someone like Bowles. I mean, we've talked before about how there's not many people left, but Bowles didn't come into the equation because you don't think of Bowles as being a man who was in his mid-80s. It just didn't... He came to stardom so late, really, though, didn't he? He did, yeah. So, But you really wouldn't have thought of him as being somebody who was basically almost on his way out. And you're right, yeah, stardom did come very late. I was listening to... um, a lovely interview yesterday with Brian Cox, not the you know, not the science chap, the proper one, mm-hmm. um, and he was talking about you know how now he can't walk down the streets anymore because he's doing this series in America, um, Succession, and all of a sudden oh, yeah. at seventy five, I think he is now. All of a sudden, that anonymity <laughs> is gone, and he's being well known for something. And he was asked, "Well, what's your plans for the future?" And he sort of hinted that. In a way, he kind of hopes the character gets killed off because he'd like to come back and just do some theatre. Um, right. He's, yes. he's I, so good, he is, isn't he? He's brilliant. What a fucking actor he is. Oh, he's superb. He's absolutely magnificent. Um, and he's another one. He was talking in this interview about um, working with... Um, he worked with Albert Finney. He worked with uh, Nicole Williamson. Um, oh. And when he was just a stage manager, and he talked about just watching them, from the age of 15, which is when he went into the industry, just watching and learning from these amazing people. And as he said, nobody remembers them anymore, which is... We do. We do. We absolutely do. Especially Nicole Williamson. You cannot forget that man when you've seen him perform. Oh, no. That that, that frost on Saturday. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Have we talked about that before? Uh, I don't Briefly. think we have. Actually. I mean, yeah. I remember I was I was looking through the internet once, trying to put together something for something or other, and then mm. I found that, and it was just like mm. the lineup. It's like this is Saturday night prime time TV, right? And you've got Nicole yeah. Williamson presenting live Beckett. Who else is mm. on that show? What you've got? Well, what you've got is that panel, and it, and it's all to do with death. The show, isn't it? The whole show is death. It's a big yeah. discussion of death, apart from when they go, oh yeah, now the Rolling Stones with Sympathy for the Devil. So we have a little bit of a musical performance, then it's back to, here's Nicole Williamson who's going to read some Beckett. I think it's from um, All That Falls he reads. And he, But he doesn't read it. He performs it live. And it's this stunning performance. And going back to that idea of I just learn the fucking words and walk on, yeah. you've got that lovely thing because he's just reading from his book and then he's got to turn the page. And that performance is full of fire and brimstone. It's crazy as well. And then he has to turn the page. And he drops out of it. And he just goes, it gets worse. And then he's straight back into the performance. Off again. You know, there's no pretension. He's literally just saying the words. But beautifully saying the words, isn't he? Can you it's, imagine? But, so you've now got Tom and Pammy. You've got that, yeah. But you've also, if you look at your Saturday nights now, I don't think you'd get... 50 minutes of ITV primetime in which there's a discussion about death. I think, isn't the Archbishop of Canterbury or somebody there? You've got this weird panel of people having a a discussion. Let's have a little look at that. Have a little look. who's on the panel. This stunning panel of people, and it's all about death. And that's a beautifully sort of um, British thing to do. Well, let's have a jolly good chat about it. I appreciate that. It's on ITV. Doesn't happen now, of course. Oh, Who's just, there? Just the sight, just sight of Nicole Williamson is just like oh, blah blah wonderful. blah, isn't it? Let's just uh, pause that, obviously, because uh, YouTube will kick this off. Um, oh, yeah. YouTube, ironically enough, if we play any YouTube clips on it, so I'll just let that roll. And uh, mm. does it tell us who's on it? No. Um, but that world's gone, mate. That world's it gone. has. And you know what? There's a lovely edition as well um, of the same show. Um, and it was shot during a strike. And the reason reads I from love... how it is. Sorry. It's how it is. That's it, yeah. Oh, that's the final line of it. How it is, as he yeah. says. There's a lovely edition of uh, Frost on Saturday, uh, which they shot dur- during one of the strikes. Um, and it was a technician strike, so they couldn't get into the studio. So they've crammed the whole thing into the world of sports studio. The cameras are going everywhere. They haven't got the proper cameramen on the cameras, so the cameras are just all over the shot. And it was that that lovely thing, like the Norman Wisdom and Bruce Forsyth thing of, well, let's just do the show and see what happens. Yeah, Beautiful stuff. Um, but to have, to have had this programme with such a discussion with Nicole Williamson performing Beckett. Oh. I think that... I think that what the success of Joe Rogan's podcast has proved is that there's a public appetite, you know, for more discourse, you know, because, mm. the, you know, it shouldn't work three and a half hours of Joe Rogan or anyone speaking to people. I mean, it's not always comedians he has on there. Mm. You know, he has people on there speaking about some quite in-depth sort of philosophical stuff. And that shouldn't work according to all your focus groups, according to all your... Uh, perceived wisdom in broadcasting that shouldn't work but it shows you the audiences there there'd the be an mm. audience for stuff like that I mean I don't think you've had anything approaching that on television for at least 30 years do you remember that thing that used to be on a Friday night The was it Late Night Review 
on BBC Two. Spin off yes. of the the late show. The late show. Yeah. yeah. And you'd always have that Irishman who'd, who'd sort of like, and as, as, as Flaubert might have said, and that's not an Irishman. But anyway. It's Billy Connolly, dear. He was a, it's Billy Connolly. It's <laughs> hey, Flaubert might have said. But mm. um, that I think that's your last sort of gasp of it. And that was Squalls, wasn't it, to like 11.15 on a Friday night. It was. Coming live from Lime Grove. As I recall, it was the last show ever transmitted from Lime Grove Studios. And the, the very last edition from Lime Grove, they um, had a lovely close-up of a big off switch on the wall and they powered down, which right. you could actually do. Just power it down. Yeah, a lovely moment. It's also famous, of course, for... Um, Tracy McLeod on that show, um, introducing the Stone Roses, yeah. but the monitors weren't working and uh, leading to Can't get together on this program. <laughs> Needless, and she's to just say. there going, "We'll fix it. We'll fix it." Yes, oh. but I mean that's that's sort of I'm afraid all must fall, and that is the end of it. So Peter Balls, we we absolutely salute the bounder. We do um, now. Then, however. Yes. I'm going to disagree that all must fall on this occasion and that we are going to be forever surrounded by prosthetic penises of some former rocker because apparently I want to watch that for £8 a month, which I don't. Okay. <coughs> um, and I'm going to point out something that, that is sort of free, but you can chip in if you want to, and I would suggest you would because this week I'm delighted something's made a return after a decade. Time Team is back. I saw that. So the only one I know I recognised was the sort of the 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 crew cut fella with the geo fez and Carenza Williams. Carenza Lewis, Carenza Doctor oh. Professor Carenza Lewis. Right, so, so you've got you've got those two, um, and then you've got various new people. Um, I can't remember the name of the chap who's presenting. So there's no it, Baldrick. I'm... There's no Longard fella from Cornwall, and there's, there's no, no Phil Harding Pryor. at the moment. Is Francis Pryor still? Not he very about? much is. He and. Um, I know Phil, Phil Harding, Harding is. Uh, guested with us at our show at the Bloomsbury in 2014. He did, he that did. That was eight years ago, so granted. Yeah, there is that. Now then, but what you've got then is uh, no Baldrick, which I don't mind. I because... don't mind, because he, 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 he sort of, he felt shoehorned in. He was friends with, he was the guy who died, the big brummy lad. Always oh, Mick Aston, Professor yeah, Mick, Mick Aston. So he and Mick, I think, were at university together, and it was the potentially their concept? I think I think the concept was Mick Aston and uh, Tim Taylor, and Tim Taylor's still producing, but of course they knew Robinson, and they brought him in, and it's interesting, they brought him in as this sort of Asian pr- provocateur, and in the first series, he's very arsy, and he's basically, you know, just there to be confrontational, mm. and they did dial that down a bit, but there was always that element where he felt like he was a bit piss-takey, and they, I didn't particularly like that. Now, however, your presenter is... Gus Kaisley Hayford, who is an expert in the field. But you know what's lovely? Is he's not a TV presenter, and he's a little bit nervous, and he does this lovely Hartnell-esque thing with his hands. The hands are always in shot, with a little bit of excitement going on. But apart from that, the show is exactly the same, with the the caveat being it's longer, because Channel 4, in the end, edited and edited it down, and you were getting 44 minutes per episode. What you get now... Is it's being released on YouTube? Yeah. I can go with that because it's a three-day dig, mm. and you get a Friday, 
a Saturday and a Sunday episode being released. They're a good half hour each, so you get an hour and a half in total, released over three days. So it's almost like watching it in real time. But it's exactly the same programme. They've not messed with the format at all. They've done nothing different to it. And it's one of the cosiest things I've experienced in the last five years, was putting that on. The opening titles are still the same. It's all exactly the same. It's... Oh, I'm just overjoyed well, to see Team, it back. I think, lost a lot of viewers and certainly lost me for the most part when they started to focus on prehistory, didn't they, more? They started mm. to fo- focus on Neolithic stuff, whereas I liked stuff about the Romans, about the Tudors. They're the sort of... They're the big hitters in, in history, aren't they? Yes, um, they are. In this country. And when they started focusing on sort of Neolithic stuff like that, which I love, I really mm. love... But it became more guesswork. Whereas with the Tudors and the Romans, there is sort of, you know, documented fact that you can tie things in with. I think it's that, but it's also the fact that there's a lack of personification, isn't there, with the prehistory stuff? Because we don't know who these people were at all. I mean, there's guesswork. Exactly, yeah. Whereas if you look at something like, you know, the dig up at uh, Vindolanda, the the Roman uh, dig at Vindolanda, where they've discovered tablets, which are things like people's shopping lists or a little letter that they would have written. And you've got people's names. Well, you know where the word trivia comes from, don't you? No, do go on. Hmm, It's a Roman word. So where three roads met, Mm. there would be a little hut whereby Roman soldiers would leave... Uh, notes to go home to their wives and stuff like that, and they would get the uh, return correspondence left there by the the messenger or whatever, which would then be picked up and taken to the garrison, so you could read about you know the the canaries died and they've had to take the cat, the vets, and oh my mother's coming to stay with us, and where those three roads met, it was a trivia, and so trivia comes from that. <coughs> Because oh, I like that. That's where people would exchange trivia, you know. Oh, yeah, oh, right. the cat's died. Yeah, oh, uh, next door's carrying on with him from number XXII um, mm. and, and stuff like that. So I, I do like that. It's all in yes. the great book, The Etymologicon, which I can't remember the name of, but The Etymologicon is a fantastic book. The way well that the, the author ties one piece of data to the next, he doesn't just... It's not just like, here's some information about this saying and this mm-hmm. word. Uh, he goes to the next one. He links it through stuff. Like oh, it's that. an incredible book. Oh, incredible book. that needs reading. That's good. Well, anyway, I would highly recommend have a look at um, this new time team. Now, the first one is Iron Age, but it's it's bloody fascinating. And it's just that warmth. It's that warmth of seeing that style of camera work and... And you'd think, well, I thought, with it being on YouTube and it's um, being entirely funded through Patreon, so there was a part of me that thought, mm, maybe we're going to have a little bit of a but cut this down again, version. Like, it's it's, no. it's the, the whole business models are changing. Mm. And so television that doesn't get made by the mainstream, there is now a way of funding it and there's also a way of uh, distributing it. So mm. great, more power to them. Absolutely, um, yeah. But I mean... So you enjoyed it, did you? I'll give it a look. I'll give it a look. I, I mean, loved it. I'm not asked about Baldrick not being on it, to be quite honest no. with you. You know, um, so that doesn't bother me. I shall miss Phil Arden. Yeah, he's not in it because he's fantastic. I'm surprised he's not in it, but then he's a kind of tenured professor now, isn't he? At mm. the University of, can't remember. Um, 
but yeah, I used to love Time Team. That was Sundays, wasn't it? I mean, that you'd be was. sort of sitting round, coming down after a, a weekend of excessive whatever, and mm. uh, you'd just be sat there like that. Oh, I'm going to have my dinner now and, and, and just ease into the weekend. Ease mm. out of the weekend with Time Team. Yes. This but then, Time Team I- extra on a, a Friday, do you remember? With they Robin, did, where you Robin got a half hour. Not Robin Bay. That's right. Um, Robin, someone or other. Yes. He was a member of the time Join team. He's on no the Amnesia Express. Yes. No, but no, I, yeah, yeah. I remember that and just that, the, the drums of the theme music, that, and just going, yes, yes, please. And I think, bizarrely for me, because of course, I mean, the majority of what I seem to end up doing is just sort of shouting at children about Shakespeare quite a lot. For me, that interest definitely comes from seeing that programme. And I, for some reason, it sort of captured something in my imagination. Maybe it was the ridiculous challenge. You know, I mean, we've got three days to do it. Why? Yeah. Why not just take your time? No, we've got three days. So it gave you that little bit of adrenaline. Archaeology against the clock, I think, is a brilliant idea. And, yeah, it's all still there, all just as it was. It looks beautiful. It's filmed beautifully. God, I've, I've enjoyed that. I so, used to uh, fancy that wonderful. Carenza Lewis. Oh, yes. Yes, oh, I yes. She's, she's aged very well, I have to mm, say. Oh, she like has, a, yes. Like a Roman villa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, like a mosaic so, yeah. that's been kept covered. Yes, so that's a very nice thing to have, uh, to have seen uh, coming well, up. Nice things wise, this week, mm. aside from the nice things I bought you, which have been lost in the post, which is uh, terrible, um, but I completed my Monster Fun collection. Really? Um, yes, over the last week. So here we have the Monster Fun Annual 1981. There we uh, go. With Frankie Stein on the front. And as you can see, Santa's jumping out of his boots Ooh. as Frankie pops out of the chimney. Now, one of the features on the, um, the difference between DC Thompson annuals, uh, Dandy, Beano, uh, Topper, mm. Visa, all that, um, is that the front cover and the rear cover, so the front cover would feature one image and it would always be continued on the back. Now, IPC magazines, or Fleetway Comics, as it were, they would just have the same picture on the front and the back, which was a bit of a swizz. However, Hmm. the final one I needed, the Monster Fun Annual 1985, was the last year that Fleetway struck IPC did uh, the full run of annuals. So they decided, obviously, the business model didn't work anymore. And then, and you can tell it was on its way out, what they did with the back covers of all their annuals. So, wow, Buster... Uh, Wizard and Chips, Whoopi, Monster Fun, I think was absolutely, well, quite disgusting and foreshadows the world we're in. The back cover of the last run of IPC Fleetway Comics annuals in 85 featured on the rear an advert for Monster Munch. Isn't that just piss-taking? Horrendous practice. Horrible. dreadful. Horrible. So all the annuals have got these Monster Munch um, adverts on the back. Which I regard as sharp practice. Well, it is. I mean, there are worse things they could be advertising, though, aren't there? Well, prophylactics. I don't know. (laughs) But uh, I don't mind Monster Munch being advertised too much because, well, at least, at least there was a creativity with the advertising. They bothered to build the costumes for the monsters, and we liked the monsters, didn't we? We do like the monsters, but I don't approve of the advertising on the on the annuals. But I think if you if you've got to advertise something. I'll go with that, because at least... I had an audio tape, thinking back. I had two audio tapes that I got around that time. Um, And it was... They were published by Pickwick. Ah. And 
who'd released lots of talking books. They'd released Tom Baker doing State of Decay and things like that. Lovely. Um, and I got I got hold of two of these, and one of them was Monster Munch Tales, and it was about the actual monsters. And I thought, and it was surprisingly good. It was well written. The sound design was excellent. I can't remember who narrated it, but that was excellent. But then I was conned by America. I think, because there was a second tape that they released, which was stories to do with Pac-Man. Oh, no. Turns out Pac-Man doesn't do anything at all, and his doing nothing is narrated by an American. I was I was furious. I didn't get through the whole tape. Oh, I didn't, didn't get through it. Um, I gave that away to a Blue Peter Bring and Buy sale. Oh. The same Blue Peter Bring and Buy sale, now I think back, where I almost chopped a boy's fingers off by mistake. Um, oh, yes. yes, it was in a church hall... And I needed to go to the loo at one point, and there was no lock on the door. So I was, like, keep, keeping the door closed. And then a hand came round the door, and I thought, ooh! So I just grabbed the door and pulled it and held it tight and said, no, no, I'm in here, I'm in here. Yes. And, he, and then I couldn't close the door properly. It turned out there were fingers stuck in it, and he didn't say anything. Stupid. Sounds like one so. of those Dracula's coffin money boxes we used to have. bit like that, Where the yes. hand came up. But the big question here is, mm. barbecue beef or pickled onion? Beef, every time. Beef for you. Pickled onion every for time. me. Really? Why? They mm, they're not nice. Monster munch. No, you get that. Uh, no. No, love them. Love them. Love them. Do you remember piglets? Really? Piglets. Little crisps called piglets. They were like hollow pigs. I don't remember those. No. Maize bacon flavored. Yes, that's correct. Yes, bacon flavored. Ah. No, I don't remember those at all. I do remember Shot fish and it. chip crisps. Fish and the chips? Yeah, which yes, didn't they... taste of either fish or chips. No, they were lovely, and, and they've relaunched them, haven't they? And they're now in a number of flavours. Um, and they they don't have the same sort of narcotic hit with them because all those chemicals have now been banned mm. that were in the original, which is such a shame. It is. A bit like quash. There's no point drinking quash anymore. It's quash quash used to send me mental. But no point drinking it now. Stick with the iron brew on this again. Iron brew. Well, quash was, brew. <clears throat> quash was kind of like the only cordial. Uh, there was Vimto, wasn't there, which was tremendously expensive. Ribena, mm. which was for Protestants who had a few quid. Uh, yeah. No doubt a Ribena household, yours. Occasionally, um, yeah. And there was quash. Well, Ribena was just like, that was Christmas, wasn't it, when you got Ribena? Well, it was Christmas when we got Ribena. You know, when the food parcel would arrive from the sort of grateful people of Norway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we'd, we'd maybe get Ribena in it. We used to get a Christmas hamper every year off Uncle Al that was delivered. A park hampers that used to have canned ham and canned... Wessler's hamburgers in gravy, which had like clear bits of gristle that you held it up to your eye, you could see through. Was the was the canned ham made by a company with the word oak in the title? But O O A K E. No, you're thinking of you're thinking of Royal Oak, I think, which is a modern brand. This was always oh, Danish. It was always Danish stuff. Yes, that's right. You wouldn't get quash in one name of those. With a K in it, a couple of Ks maybe. Yeah. No, you wouldn't get quash in one of those packages. Would oh you? no, 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 no. I no. used to um, quash. I, I I adored quash, and I'd soon discovered that if you got a glass and filled it half full oh. with quash, yes, you got quite a nice hit off it. Um, and I was taken to the doctors by my mother when I was six and you turned because orange. I. 
I, I wasn't sleeping or anything, mm. and I was wired all the time. And she thought there was something seriously neurologically wrong. Turned out it was just far too many e numbers because I was just drinking pretty Absolutely. much undiluted quash. Lovely. Oh well, we had in our house we had uh, the pop police in the shape of my mother who would who would you know ensure that I never went over the the government mandated ten, uh, ten millimeters of quash in the bottle. And, and whose also, fault is that? Do you know? Go on. Esther Bloody Ransom. Is that Because correct? it was on That's Life where they suddenly revealed the quash problem. And after that, quash in my house was banned. There are a number of reasons to dislike Esther Ransom. So many reasons. Her, However, this is the biggest one. Her friendship with Jimmy Savile being uh, sort of... And her defence of him. Um, yes. Oh, no, not defence, rather. She said that well, we all knew about it. Hmm. Now, all knew about it. Jimmy yeah. Savile... Talk of yeah. Jimmy Savile, the man who, uh, you know, must be forever expunged from our collective memories, brings me to uh, tell the boys and girls at home yes. um, that um, someone I know called Lady Paul Carmichael is currently downloading the entire Jim will fix it collection, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm just checking, and we've got the first three series. There we go. The first <coughs> three series. Okay. Or what so. exists still. Right, so then, um, let's hear it. There's why no excuse. You, why would you sit through... What, how many Jimmel Fixits do we have in total that are going to be uh, you oh know, God. entering your inbox anytime soon? Well, there's 11 series. Good um, God in heaven. 13 on average uh, per series, plus there was the Christmas specials. So we're talking about a fair old whack of them. Absolutely. Uh, pardon. Now... Yes, this may seem like an odd thing to have decided to collect. Mm. I admit, I've I've no intention of watching them. However, what? No, well, you why? wouldn't, would you? What? Why would you want to? Well, why would you batter your bandwidth and download thirteen series of something and then utilize what seventy gig on a hard drive? Am I guessing about that? Yes, yeah, around um, about that for something you'd never watch. Because at some point. Somebody is going to say, well, we shouldn't have these anywhere anymore, and they'll get rid. They'll yeah, wipe them. Yeah, but you don't want to watch them anyway. I don't want to watch them, but at some point, maybe in a hundred years' time, when we're sort of looking back on this century, somebody will be interested, and somebody will want to write a book on the subject, and they'll go to the BBC, or what little remains of it, once everyone's finished carving it up, they'll go to it and say, well, can we have a look at those, purely for historical interest? And they'll, no. No, we wiped them. So, oh, we can't see those anymore. Yes, you can. You can still see them. And it's fascinating, isn't it, to actually just have a look at this, knowing what we know now, to actually look at these series and go, that's mental. You've got the most prolific paedophile in history. Let's give him a kid's show. I mean, fascinating. Did, uh, did he transition from tracksuit to suit in it, or was he always in the suit? Um... I think he went to tracksuit later on. He's in a suit for the first... I've watched the first episode, which is 1975. Yeah. Um, and he's in the suit there. Um, right, so I think okay. that the tracksuits came later when he you know, became synonymous with not running marathons. Um, Do you remember so, when uh, he switched the colour, when Thatcher was on, when he switched the colour of uh, the bloody ribbon that the medals were on from red to blue? No, I don't. Uh, I remember that. Oh, now then, now I'm going to have to watch this strike. That was at the height of the miners' strike, and uh, 
you know, this this Yorkshire-born lad who I think worked down a pit, didn't he? He did, at yes. At some point, you know, he showed his support for the miners by having Thatcher on and switching the colour of the ribbon from red to blue. Oh, oh, I mean. oh. There you go. So, <laughs> well, Joe that'll be a it. Series 7, I would think. I shall have a little look and see if I can locate that particular one. Yeah. Um, what I am finding, though, is that, of course, there's there's not... Well, it's not all there. It was all there till 1990. And I'm finding the same with Take Heart, which I've also just recently thought... Let's nah, have take, a look take Heart was Heart. a lovely thing. First gay couple on telly, him and Mr. That's Bennett. Beautiful. Absolutely yeah. beautiful stuff, but not an awful lot there. Um, and this is... Uh, it's... It's such a sad thing, but in 1990, a chap called Adam Lee took over children's television at the BBC, and the first thing he did was he sort of looked at the archive and went, there's a lot of that, isn't there? Let's get rid. Mm. So you've got whole runs of series which were so well represented, and then suddenly mm, we've got two episodes, we've got three, something like that. Um, he... He signed off the wiping of 1,000-something episodes of Play School. Now, I admit, you know, at no point are they going to release the box set. But again, I, w I want to know it's there. Because when the nuclear attack happens, and we've seen threads, you know what will happen. All that will happen is they've only got one episode of words and pictures to watch yeah. on a faulty VHS. Here I am with my full schedule, ready to entertain the nation from whichever Scottish island I'm hiding in. Um, I can yeah. provide this entertainment. The trouble is that with modern warfare, they would use an EPM and all your hard drives would be toast. What? Well, no, hang on a moment. What's this then? What's an EPM? Um, an electronic pulse, summer or other. So they can knock. So the first thing they would do in a modern war is they would want to knock out the technical infrastructure of the country because everything runs on computers now. So they would use this electric pulse weapon, which would go. I think it's that. Someone will probably tell us I'm wrong on EPM. Anyway, it's a it's a weapon that's that sends out an electronic pulse which fries all the hard drives of the computers. And it would go boom. Hang on, let me just see electronic pulse weapon. Let's let's well, get. Wait a minute, hang on. I've got about fifty terabytes of quality entertainment here. Oh ah, electronic pulse weapon, electronic magnetic pulse we weapon. It's called. When detonated, an EPM weapon produces a pulse of energy that creates a powerful electromagnetic field capable of short circuiting a wide range of electronic equipment, particularly computers, satellites, radios, radar receivers, and civilian traffic lights. So that'd be the first thing they'd do. They'd just do that and then nothing can work. And Is it too much of a leap at this point to suggest that Adam Lee, in what he did with the BBC Children's Archive, is in some way responsible for some sort of war well, crime? didn't they used to demagnetise the tapes by passing them over a magnet? They did, it the absolutely. Principle. It's the same principle. So you and your hard drives up in the Outer Hebrides had better invest in a lead-lined box. Well, doesn't, doesn't it have to be plugged in? At least. No. Nope. Nope. Have you not watched the Mission Impossible films, Tom Cruise? Absolutely no. not. No, Why would I have sure. done that? Well, Don't be ridiculous. Silly. That's silly. So in one of those, the main plot points is an electromagnetic pulse weapon. Boom! And that's everything gone, mate. So what you're going to have to do, I suppose, is record them to some form of vinyl. I could copy them all to good old VHS. I've still got those that are 40 years old and they still work. Would they be affected by an electronic pulse weapon? Hmm. Oh, God, probably. Mm. Oh, I'm going to have to put them all on 16mm film, aren't I? 
Mm. Well, that'll take an awfully but, long but time. But that'd be the first the thing they'd do before uh, dropping a nuclear device. They'd just do that, wouldn't they? Because they. This they'd... is sounding less appealing now. Yes, yes. Well, dual fix it couldn't sound much less appealing, but. Uh... But but you've managed to make it less appealing less in appealing. my head. In my head, I had it all worked out simply yep. up to the Hebrides. And somehow, something that other people would do, we'd work out some sort of, you know, system where you could transmit, probably on proper television, and I could just right. play out and that would be okay. my role. I'll I could give you the good be news. controller of television. Go on. I'll give you the good news. It's unlikely that they'd bother to um, have, because they have a very, I think it's something like 80 miles they can do. Right. right. So they'd do it to London, because obviously you'd knock out governmental in- infrastructure, but no doubt they've got it all buried and you know, sorted so it's unaffected by one of these. Uh, mm. But I doubt it would reach that Outer Hebrides. They'd probably do the main cities, wouldn't they? Right, there we go then. So, so you'll my... be fine. So I'll be fine. All you need then is Ian McCulloch to switch on the hydroelectric power. There we go. And and you're sorted. And that's all that's needed, really, isn't it? We need men to do those bits. That's I all. just see you. So you'd be in potentially no trousers, but possibly check trousers. And you would have a nice sort of dinner suit on, on the top mm. half. And you'd mm. be like, and now the Carmichael Broadcasting Corporation present Jubal Fix-It. So That's exactly you, what's in my head, yes. It is, isn't it? Yes, yes, the yes it is. But I'd record them in advance. So that's it. I, I've, already, I've worked out a bit of a schedule for the first month. I'd record the continuity. <laughs> in, obviously, I'd work out the continuity and I'd record it all in advance. And then you just play it out whilst I go wandering through the glens. Perfect. Whilst I leave other people to watch Jupiter Moon and old episodes of Crossroads. And, and everyone would be nation, happier for it. Nation Sorry? back on its feet. This would get the nation Perfectly. back on its feet. Absolutely, yeah. Right, I've so even let's, got... Let's go, go through a schedule. What have you even okay. got? Sorry. What have you even got? Okay, Sorry. well, I've got, I've got old news bro- broadcasts, so you can see with the news on this date in 1981. How would that help? Got... We'd need up to the minute news to help all these sort of, this diaspora of people that have been displaced no, by no, this They're conflict. fine. They'd be all right. They've, they've got decent television to watch. And, right, and so what, what are you doing? what are going to watch it on? Right, let's, let's hear how far the Carmichael plan has gone. Right, let's well, just not... hear that. All right, well, it's not that, you know, I mean, it goes as far as I've got the schedule and I've got an awful lot of telly. And then I need men to actually broadcast it somehow, but they'll manage that. And then, you know, you start the day with, I've got quite a lot of old editions of TV AM, proper. Okay, okay. So, so we start the day with ITV. You do start the day with ITV, but like, you know, that's okay. That's okay on this occasion. You give them some. You give them some TV AM. Mike Morrison and Diamond days. Oh yes, that's the stuff. There's not a lot of that left. No, there's not an awful lot. I've got about fifty. Which, it, you know, sorts okay, me out for about eight weeks. Covered. There we are. So you start them with some TV AM and then close down. There you go. 11 o'clock, back on air, play school. Okay. There we are. Close down. And then in the afternoon, we've got the Cedar Tree. We've got a game show. I've got the full run of Bruce Forsyth's Generation game. Give them one of them. They'll enjoy that, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, then we're into Crossroads. And then we've got some quality children's entertainment. On that goes. And then, I don't know, the news from that date in 1982 at 6 o'clock, with maybe an edition of Points West to follow from 1979. Okay. Uh, after that, then I've got uh, I've got a run of Emmerdale Farm. I've got the first ten years of that episode of Emmerdale Farm. Right, right. Then some, you know, bit of comedy, Peter Bowles style stuff. That's a good. That's a good choice. Okay. Then we give them the hour of drama. You know, Mondays you've got the Sandbaggers. Tuesdays you've got Howard's Way. When you know, you give them an hour of drama. 
Then at nine o'clock, there won't be a film, because obviously there's only about four films that are worth watching. So, um, Did you not like uh, how they used to do the films in the old days with the news in the middle? So you'd have an well, hour no, of a film, I... then the news, and then you'd well, have no, the no. continuation of the film. No, because I didn't watch it, because there's a film coming on. Well, I'm not going to watch that then, am I? Absolutely not. So what would not. you do during that hour? During that hour, I, th- I think something you know, a fairly heavy documentary. Um, ah. I've got a, f- I've got a full run of the Royal Institution Christmas lectures, whole lot. Okay. Pop one of those on. Pop someone with Mary Beard on, something like that, and then you get to ten o'clock. Alternative comedy, Alexi Stale stuff, The Young Ones, something like that, and then at half past ten, repeat that a- that afternoon's episode of Crossroads for those who were toiling in the fields in the radioactive dust. They can catch up, yeah. and then close down. There we go. Okay, so that's something for everyone there. I um, think so. But obviously there's the odd weirdo. So I presume CBC, CBC2 would consist of just an opera in the evening. Oh, something like that. Like like when London Weekend started up and it was, you know, just opera and things yeah. like that and weird stuff. So you, you'd show them something like that. Or some live theatre for the, for the weekend. There could be productions done by yourself, you know, out on the... Uh, what do they have in uh, the Hebrides? They don't have moles, do they? They don't have... What do they it's have? just sort of... Well, rocks, mainly, and flats. Yeah. So, so, live from the rocks yes. each night. I could do, do a recitation live from the rocks of something. Yeah. I think that's a jolly good idea. Yeah, so, and so... Presumably your community would grow as people were like, there's a man up in the Hebrides who's as mad as a box of frogs showing old telly. So then you'd get all these sort of survivors... People who have survived from the cities, all the people you really like, who would be sort of swimming out to you to help you. No. And then you'd have no, company. I, no, no, I don't really want that. No. I think you just need whoever's already living there. You can't evict them. So, okay, I'll, I'll come in like Ian Cuthbertson being Lord of the Manor. But yeah. we don't allow other people in at all. They, they can watch from afar. We can broadcast it but, to but them they would But they would know of you. You would, uh, you would achieve mythical status because you'd have carrots. In fact, you know, Paul's carrots on a Tuesday at seven would be uh, no doubt uh, essential appointment to view television for the nation. I think it absolutely would. It would be, it'd be wonderful. But no, I mean, it'd be like back in the day when you and I used to see on the goodies or Blue Peter and there'd be, you know, an outsourced shot of television centre. You weren't allowed in. The commissioners would stop you. Ah. So we'd need commissioners on the harbour of, uh, of the island to stop people coming aboard. No, you can't armed. come in. This is armed, obviously right, armed. Well, you'd Absolutely. need a couple of big lads for that. Oh, yeah, we'll get some of them. There'll be some of yeah. those left over, you know, like yeah. navvies, that sort of thing, just people who eat meat. So you get them, they guard the harbour. Um, I, I can't see any downside in this. I've you could um, all have those out. sandbags, couldn't you? at the harbour mm. to stop people mm. getting in. Have you seen those at Hale Shore that they never took away after the war and they've now turned into rock, more or less? Oh, God, no, I haven't big seen Big piles them. of sandbags there. Oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all sorted. I mean, admittedly, the details of how this happens is going to be, you know, that's got to be worked out. Mm. But, and, I mean, I was watching a thing yesterday about Mount Everest um, and how... Okay. Um, and how Everest, in the first hundred years after after it was conquered, only something like four hundred people climbed it, whereas mm. three thousand people have made it up in the past decade. And my immediate thought is, I'd love to do that. I'd love to go up Everest. And then immediately I thought, 
No, I wouldn't. No. What I'd like is to have done that already and to be on Hearty being interviewed about Talking it. about it. Talking about it. A bit like, why, you know, with you've been doing DIY this week mm. and occasionally I think, I'd like to do some DIY. No, I wouldn't. No. no. I'd like a man to come round and do it and then I can look at it. Yes, That's I like looking at it. I was looking at it only last night, what I did last night. Yes. Mm. Um, but, you, but then you're tired because you've had to do it. I slept for 12 hours last night actually mm. which is unlike me but i'm 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 happy with that um yes you just want to play the role of someone who has amassed achievements so yes. you you don't need the actual the sort of the the biochemical um memory of the struggle no. Of the no, difficulty God, no. you faced, and then the overcoming of those obstacles, and to no. finally win through, you're happy to just, oh yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, yes, okay, I've done that. Yeah, I've done that. Now you're I can like talk to Russell Harty, who said he'd sailed around the world, aren't you? Who oh, and just... it turned out he just stayed in a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate that because obviously what he wanted was the press. He wasn't interested in doing it. He might die. No, absolutely not. The one time. I mean, I've tried DIY, and it doesn't work, mm. because it needs patience and time. It does, I blew if a, a wall dickhead like once. me can do it, anyone can do it. But you like that sort of thing. I don't you like, like a bit... that sort of thing. I like well, looking do at it, nice then. stuff. Right, well, can't you just ask a man to do it? Yes, you do that, and then you still have to do bits. Because if you're like me, then there are, there are things, such as what I was doing all day yesterday was... Uh, placing beading strips all around the shelving around the top of my kitchen so I could display all my nice plates. But a man could have done that. A man could have done that, yes, yes. But he didn't, so I have to do it. Oh dear, no, sounds ghastly. I can't do that. Well, you're too busy sat at home imagining yourself as the saviour of the United Kingdom via Archive TV. Absolutely, yeah. You know, that's all. My role will come when the bomb drops. Absolutely. Then I'll. Then you'll see. All of a sudden, so long as we've got men who can work out how to make this happen. Yes. Then I can just sit there and press play, and entertain and educate. Oh, Rethian values can make a comeback. Inform, educate, and entertain. There we are. You won't get any Anton Deck nonsense then. Oh no, no Tom and none of that. No. Do we have a logo for the the CBC yet? Not yet, no, but it would be something bizarrely Stalin-esque, I'm thinking. I'd like a sort of a brutalisk, uh, you know, sort of like hard logo, because there's no alternative. We're not 1955 and there's a commercial, you know, no. waiting to come in. No, this is it. No. You've got this and this that's your lot. Your lot. That's this is it. your lot. The victory yes. gin of television. That's the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's your tagline, dear. Oh, I like that. And we could, um, once a year on the anniversary of the bomb, we show threads. <laughs> well, just, you know, I think that's a good thing. And there's a wonderful panorama from the same time uh, with Paxman um, called When the Bomb Drops. And it's all very serious. But if you watch the recording, the main recording, after the closing titles have gone, you can still hear Paxman in the background chuntering on, going, well, that'll all give him nightmares tonight then. Ha ha ha. Enjoying himself. Is that um, the one where you that. have to take the doors off and lay them sort of at, 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 angle at an against angle against the wall? If you climb under there, you're fine. 
Absolutely. It's amazing the tolerances they test 22 millimeter plywood to, isn't it? You know Stunning. What I mean? My it's dad incredible. did that, you know. My my dad got a couple of doors from his work. Don't know how yeah. he got them. But, um, and he brought them back in about 1982, something like that. And they were stuck outside, leaning against the garage. And they were there for years. And it yeah. was just, and he'd say to my mum, no, they're ready. They're ready. So as soon as that bomb went off, he'd have been in there propping doors up. And then, and you get, were sorted. The house would have been, you know, gone, evaporated. But, those doors, but nevertheless, like said, the know. doors would have been there. I remember when we first got hold of threads about, what, 10 years ago or something, maybe more, 15 years ago, we, we got that, hold yeah. of it, either download or DVD. I don't know what happened first. But anyway, all of a sudden, it's like, everyone's got a copy of Threads, right? Okay, mm. so I did a DVD for my mate. You know, you must have a mate like that who can't use the internet or anything, so you have to burn things to a DVD that'll work on the player. Yes. So I did it for him, and it was testament to him, you know, sort of like, I'd watched it, and I was traumatised. Even, like, 30 years after it was shown, it was like, good God, it's traumatic. Uh, and I lent it, uh, I did him a DVD, and uh, I was like, well, what, what do you think of that? You know, expecting he'd be like me, terrified. He's like, oh, I love the bit where the fella's on the bo bo bog and the bomb drops, and he's like, oh, bloody hell, oh, I was pissing myself at that. <laughs> like, right, okay. Yeah. That's what he got out of it. He got the comedy moment, which I don't recall a comedy moment. I seem to recall him throwing up in the sink. I remember him throwing up. I do remember a lady pissing her pants in the streets as yes, well. Yes, we When she that. looks up at the mushroom cloud. Yeah. I remember that bit. That yeah. That's vaguely entertaining. And also a, a figurine of E.T. melting, which at the time yes. would have placed it firmly in the contemporaneous. But now you just exactly. think there's E.T. melting. Um, but, yeah, I think we're all prepared for Armageddon here. So, Absolutely. Um, speaking of which, Armageddon out of here. Uh, so uh -huh. how are you getting out of here and getting up to the Hebrides? I mean, presumably you need to... Are you just going to turf people out of the crofts? Again, I'll admit this is something I'm expecting other people to sort out. Mm. I'm expecting to be, you know, maybe a helicopter picks me up, takes me up there with just the hard drives, and there we go, plonk them on and off we go. So, um, I've not given that an awful lot so of So let's say yet. they confine us to our homes a la lockdown because of Putin, mm. right? They'll think of summit. Right, mm. so let's say they do that. How are you going to get from your place up to the Hebrides with your hard drives intact and your carrots and all the other stuff? Mm. Yeah, that needs some serious thought. That I mean, you buy the coast uh, horseback survivors series horseback. three horseback. <laughs> <laughs> horseback. There's a paddock just over the way. Horses jump on a horse, off we go. How long would it take you to? You're not Dick Turpin, so you can't ride from London to York in three hours. So, In my head, I am very much Richard Sullivan, Series 2, Dick Turpin. Um, ah, yes. I don't know, a couple of weeks, something like that. So Any longer than snacks. that, I'll get bored. You'd need barbecue beef monster munch. Yes. So but, lots of that. But supermarkets, you can just raid them, can't you? I think that's the law. Under those circumstances, you can raid them. You'd, so, need, some, you'd need some form of defence with you. Now, you'd, you can hear, either have... A, a sort of burly chap, Brian Glover maybe, on, on another horse alongside mm. you, who could sort of like, whilst you sit there, you know, kind of, I don't know, reading your uh, Flaubert Keeps. or Mamame, yeah. or yes, 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 something like that. Mm. He goes and does all the rough stuff and comes yes. back, got, got a chicken for you, Mr. Carmichael. Do you know what I mean? This is sounding so perfect. That's, yeah, yes, this is the sort of thing. Right, okay, okay. So there Brian Glover with kind of two shotguns on his back. Like yes. a cross arrangement so he can 
remove them one at a time. Pow, pow. Shooting over my shoulder at the Nerdu wells who were trying to stop me. Yes. In your three corner hat, leather waistcoat. Yes. Buccaneer this is boots. As though you've read my mind. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we just make our way up the um, up the west coast, right. and then over we go. A, b- a boat sorted. So if there's any shit, it's you leave it to me, Mister Carmichael. I wouldn't want any involvement in any of that sort of thing. I'd you be don't not, even I can, look. I, no, oh no, cope with that, Brian, would you? And then yes. you just wait for the bang, bang. Are they done with? Yes. Lovely. Off we go. Right on. Yes. I think I see nothing wrong with this at all. We just need to resurrect Brian Glover, find a couple of horses, a couple of shotguns. Mm. Yeah, um, sorted. And you'll take care of the rest. Well, I'll take care of the hard drives. I won't well, take care of much else. Yeah, would and they the be schedule. In saddlebags hanging. They over would the be. Yeah. Absolutely, they would be. So that you know, anybody who saw my massive rucksack would think, ah, the hard drives, and they'd try and get that. But no, they'd be secreted almost within the horse. Ah, yeah, yes. So when you checked at the border, for example, what I'm not—I would imagine I'd be allowed straight through, wouldn't I? Well, I don't know about Brian though with his guns. How's he going to do? I can explain about Brian. I can explain Brian away. I think and right. just uh, okay. chaps with me. Don't worry, officer. It's yes. all I shall vouch fine. safe for him. Yeah, exactly. And off we go. And and of course, as far as I'm concerned, there'll be something like a castle waiting. Ideally, yeah. something fortified. Um, it's it's. I suppose I've got this feudalist society in my head now. Yes, with you at the top. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, somebody's got to. It's nobody wants to, but somebody has to take that on. So I can be there. You've got the serfs sorting out whatever they do, and I can just play out old editions of Magpie to the survivors. Yes, I can see that you're. Uh, you wouldn't mind this happening, actually. It would mean less people on the trains to bother you in the morning. It, it would mean considerably less people um, eating uh, sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> it mean an awful lot, awful lot less of that sort of nonsense. We wouldn't have any of that stuff then. None no. of that. No trains, um, which no. could be only be a good thing as far Pass as I'm concerned. Till we, till we bring steam rail back. No. Perfect. But, I mean, I can't see a downside aside from the. Nuclear apocalypse, of course, that's uh, ish. Mm. But I think you've just got to sort of like turn this down into an op and see what you're useful for. I will be no good at any of the, you know, engineering stuff. Oh, and I'm no. not going to toil the land. Yeah. I can, however, provide a complete run of Queenie's Castle starring Diana Dawes every Sunday on CBC um, at 7.30. Perfect. So what about... Um... Would we would we keep heroin foods potentially? I think um, they the would have to survive. Yeah, yeah. I, I think heroin foods. You know, we can we would fund them to open more franchises. Well, they make food out of like chemicals, don't they? So you wouldn't need actual food for the proles. No, 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 no. Nothing like that. No, they no. just well, it's proper feudalist society. Bring your words to the castle, and you can leave with a quarter of what you brought to me. There we are. Right. Right. Everyone's happy. Yes, I can see this is rapidly turning into another sh- TV show, actually. Yeah. With, with you at the top of the tree. It's a bit like that. What was that one with Ian Cuthbertson? Sutherland's Law. Yeah. Um, something like that, where he just stands on glens looking magnificent. And then and everyone sort of like doffs their cap. That sort of thing. Right. Yeah, that's, okay, well. That's how I see it. I think now we've seen Carmichael's Law. Mm-hmm. Um 
for what it is. I think that's a, a nice point for us to end the edition. Um, I think so. And you're so all you safe out there. That's what I want to say. You're all perfectly safe with me. You're all safe under the protective wing, the velvety cloak, the velvety that cloak. I would that I would be wearing on horseback of Laird Carmichael. That's looking it. after you from his Hebridean TV station. Well, we've got a run of Dr. Finley's casebook there as ah. well. well. We'll give that to the locals once a week. That, You'd need enjoy to get that. the books up there, wouldn't you? Oh. I know what would be safe from an electromagnetic pulse weapon. Go on. DVDs. Oh. Well, I there think. we are. I think. Oh. Well, we're going to have to look into this, and if that's the case, then... Glover's the got archive. a lot more on. Uh, the archive needs transfer transferring again, but that's acceptable. Maybe um, Glover okay. will need like an old army truck to transport the books and the DVDs. Can I still be on horseback in front of him? You'd have a well. You it take a long time to get up there, but you could do that. The horse is important. Well, maybe you'd have a horse box, and then occasionally you'd stop for photo opportunities horseback. Because oh, okay. that speaks to your you didn't really do it thing. You just yeah. do the press. Yes, to the press. Well, it's not really much of a press around, isn't it? But this is, again, we're securing the legacy for history, aren't we? A bit like with the Jim will fix it so that nobody else will ever want. We're just ensuring that in the future when somebody yeah. says, but how on earth did we maintain a wonderful British television service? Well, we've got this photo of this chap who passed away a long time ago who rode up the, co up the coast on horseback. Yeah, yeah. I and think there'd be important. statues of you on horseback, you know. Yes. Holding oh, yeah. a TV aerial aloft. That's it. Holding a copy of the Radio Times, which would there be taken back under under the wing of the Protectorate. We wouldn't have any of this outsourcing of that anymore. That's straight back in. No TV Times. Straight we don't back. need that sort You'd of thing. You'd have to write it all, of course. No, we get people to do that. I'd sign it off as the editor. But right, well, you other need people. other people now as well, then, up in the Hebrides with you. Well, you need journalists who oh write God. clickbait articles. Absolutely not. No, there's none of that in this. You'd have um, Dan Hodges and Tom Holland and Toby Young up there with you. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Absolutely not. They're not allowed on the island. They can sit elsewhere. They can They can do whatever they, they want. They can have they can their own island. They're in London. They'd have been evaporated. It's fine. You're going to have to find some journalists then. <sighs> if you're not going to do the writing, you're going to have to find someone. Oh, well, I'll, I'll do a page a week. That's all it needs, isn't it? A page a week saying, isn't everything lovely in the schedule? There you go. That's your tip. There's right, your radiotomus. From my just... desk, you just get that one. So the Radio Times consists of a cover photograph of Ian Hendry and the Lotus Eaters. No, the the cover photograph consists of me on the horse so from my journey. So you on the horse. Because I'm obviously... That's it. Obviously, each week we'd have a, the next instalment of how this was all happened, you know, uh, dramatised, starring myself as myself. So you'd have a publicity oh, photo see. there. Yes, which wouldn't be great camera work because, you know, there wouldn't be any cameras or anything. We'd have to shoot it on film. Um, but, yeah. And then inside you'd go, uh, there's, there's the editor's notes, there's the schedule, and on the back page, there's the advert for Monster Munch. Perfect. Perfect. Right, Perfect. well... We can't go any further than that. The Hebrides is quite far enough. So, um, until the next time, we hope you have a lovely week. And from myself and Paul... Goodbye. Bye-bye.
presented by Sir Michael Livesley and Lady Paul Carmichael. The music was written by Michael Livesley, and the flutes were played by Andy Frizzell and John No Jokes Please Lewis. Nice Things is a Guilty Dog production. <laughs>